All right. So I don't know if uh, if Cody intentionally hid my remote to start my TV up or uh, what he did, but uh, but maybe he could screw you around and find where that thing is because that would be phenomenal. Um, but anyway, we're starting a brand new series today uh, called Heaven, and who goes there? And uh, it reminds me of the Sunday school teacher that uh, was kind of trying to find out from, from their, their kids how much they knew about get, going to heaven. And, uh, and so they asked, oh my gosh, it's magic. It just came on all by itself. That's phenomenal. So uh, good job, Cody. Um, so he asked him, like, <laughs> good job, Dan. So he asked him, uh, what, do you, you know, what, do you, what do you know about getting, going to heaven? He's like, what if I sold all my house and all of my possessions and gave everything I had to the poor? Would that get me into heaven? And, and the Sunday school class was like, no. He's like, really? It's like, well, what if, what if I was just really, really, really good? In fact, I, win, I won awards for being really, really, really good. What if I was that good? Would that get me into heaven? They were like, no. It's like, well, what if I was like really kind to animals and I bought a bunch of candy and gave it to you and all the children? Would that get me into heaven? And they were like, no. He's like, well, then... How do I get into heaven? And Johnny in the back, it's always Johnny, isn't it? It's always it's Johnny in the back, and Johnny raises his hands like, Johnny, how do I get to heaven? He's like, Well, you got to get dead. <laughs> Only dead people go to heaven. So Johnny had been listening, apparently. Anyway, it's kind of interesting in America, um, most Americans believe there is a heaven. And, uh, and, and, it's, and most Americans actually believe that to get to heaven, somehow you got to be good enough to, to get there. There's, there's an entrance fee, and if you pay the fee, and you pay the fee by being good enough, that you're going to get there. And most Americans believe that there is a heaven, that good people go there, and they make the cut. Most Americans believe that, you know, somehow or another, they're going to make the cut and to get in uh, to heaven, which is kind of interesting to me, and 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 most Americans leave it there, like they don't really w- investigate it any further than that. It's just kind of a casual thought, and then they shut it down. And I don't know if they shut it down because the the thought of actually investigating that any further. Um, is scary, or if it confronts them with their own mortality, and they're just like, uh, I don't want to even think about that. I don't know what it is, or maybe it's just because we're busy, and they're kind of like, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I just, I don't know exactly how it works. I just to think that you got to be good enough, and, and I'm hoping that I'm good, but I'm busy. I, I got kids to raise. I got a job to go to. You know, I got wrestling meets to go to. I've got basketball tournaments to go to. You know, I got a Super Bowl to watch. I, I mean, I got, I got stuff going on. So, you know, I don't know exactly how it works. Plus, I don't want to think about it really, and it's down the road. So, you know, when I, maybe when I get a little bit older and I get a little bit closer to, you know, kind of thinking about that, maybe I'll start considering it a little bit more. But it always shocks me as, as, a, as a preacher, as a, as a pastor, it's kind of like, you're talking about eternity. You're just going to... You're going to just like flippantly just, you know, 
not even really investigate like your eternity. We're talking like, it's not like, oh, the next four years to go into college and I made the wrong choice and, you know, I can, no, you're talking like eternity, like really. It's, it's amazing how casual Americans are about really not even considering or investigating any further than that. And the assumption is, you know, good people go to heaven. And the assumption is, I'm a good person. And so, you know, as I look over here and kind of like, I mean, kind of like, well, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm better than they are. And so, yeah, I'm better than they are. And you, you, I mean, you can look to your left and don't do it right now, but you can look into your left and to your right behind you in front of you. You're like, well, I'm better than they are. And so we, we kind of judge ourselves against someone and there's some advantages. And so today I want to kind of drill down in the first part of this series uh, and, and really put under the microscope the, this uh, camp or this thought that, that good people go to heaven, and, and if I'm good enough, that maybe I can, I can get in. And, and there are some advantages to, to this view. Uh, I mean, it, it seems very just, and it seems fair, right? I mean, if I work really, really hard to be good, then it seems that, you know, the just thing would be that and the fair thing would be that I would, you know, and if God was good, he would let good people into his good heaven. That makes, makes sense. And if I'm trying to be really good, then, you know, then I should make the cut. And I, I, I should feel fairly confident. Maybe I, you know, I haven't done anything really, really bad. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I think I, I might make the cut. And another advantage is it supports the notion of a good God, right? I mean, if there is a good God, and, and everyone t- typically believes when it comes to God, they believe that God is good, right? Um, it, you know, we don't read, you know, in the beginning, a really bad God made the heaven. You know, it's, we, don't, we don't read it that way. So it's like, you know, the notion that, well, I think God is good. If God is good, then, you know, he wants good people. And if you try to be a good good people, then... Good God would let a good people into his good heaven. Here's another advantage. The fear of not going to heaven should motivate people to be good, right? I mean, and maybe that's the reason why some people, you know, they decide, well, you know, I would do that, but I want to go to heaven, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do that. And so there's kind of this motivation to, 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 be, to be good, and, and, uh, and, and, you know, that seems... Seems like it goes, goes pretty well. But as you begin to kind of ask some questions or cross-examine uh, the, the notion of that good, good people go to heaven and, and this thought, and, and isn't it true? I mean, we go to some funerals and we console one another. It's like, well, they're in a better place. It's like, and, and we comfort one another. They're in a, they're in a better place. And, you're, and you ever thought, you ever gone away and thought, well, how do they know? They're in a better place. It's like, well, we don't really want, you know, we're not going to ask that. And, and you probably shouldn't ask that in that setting. I would not recommend that. But, but you know, the party's kind of like, well, how do they know they're in a better place? And, I mean, have they ever really cross-examined those, those things and actually asked questions to it? And so that's what I want to do because as you kind of cross-examine the, the good people go to heaven notion um, not only does it kind of begin to fall apart, it actually starts to look a little bit absurd. So 
There's some unsettling realities. I want to look at a few of them. We have no indisputable, agreed-upon, divinely revealed standard. Like, we, we don't have a list that's been given to us that's like, okay, here's the list. You follow these, you're in. You do these, you're out. We don't have it. It doesn't exist. And so good, your good and my good, your view of what's good, my view of what's good could be completely different. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but there is no multi-generational consensus on what constitutes good. Like what we know to be good now used to be, you know, like, really? And what used to be good a long time ago, generations ago, we look at that and we're like, that's not even not just not good. That's evil. Like, you know, all of you in Cozad, all of you watching online, you ladies out there, you ladies out there, you are living in an age that for the first time in maybe recorded history where for the most part, not, yeah, there's some work to be done, but for the most part, Every, all, all of your male counterparts look at you as equal value. In our culture, we're kind of like, well, duh. Yeah, I mean, women have the same value as men. I mean, why, why in the world would we not consider that? But, you know, it wasn't until before the 20th century, you know, before the 20th century, it was, you know, that was not the view. The view was men are superior, men, men have more value, and, it was, and society was treated that way. And so, it, you know, to us, we're like, how in the world could they ever have called that good? But in, in, in that day, that was just self-evident. That's just the way it was. That's just the way they operated. That was what they went with. And if they considered that good, and we look at it, we're like, no, that's not good. That's evil. That means before the 20th century, only about 15 or 20 men ever went to heaven. Which for some of you gals, you're like, well, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. That's... So before, you know, you ladies get big head, just hang in there with me. It gets worse. You think about slavery. Before the 16th century, and I'm not talking American slavery, I'm just talking about all over the world before the 16th century, that was just normal. In, in society in that day, there were, their thought was there were people that were born to rule and there were other people that were born to be ruled. There were people to own and there were other people to be owned. We look at that and we're like, not only is that not good, that's evil. Like, how in the world could you ever come to a conclusion that someone else could be a piece of property? And yet, before the 16th century, that, that was just normal. And so, you know, did any of them, other than the slaves, go to heaven? See, if there is a way to be good enough God, if he is good, should let us download the 2023 updated version of good. I mean, if it changes from generation to generation, if it changes from year to year to year, don't you think that if God, who, you know, if he was good, he, 
He would say, okay, here's the updated version. Go ahead and download that because here's the updated list of you do these things and you think these things and these constitute what's, what's good and this is what's bad. I mean, that would make sense. But good is actually, it's a, it's a moving target. And, you know, some of you, you've been Christians for a long time. You're like, Eric, come on, you're the preacher. What about the Bible? right? I mean, what about the Bible? I mean, there's the Ten Commandments in, in the Bible. <laughs> this is interesting about uh, the, the, the Ten Commandments. Um, whenever I'm in a discussion, it's like, you know, well, I think people could be good enough, and, and, and we, you know, I follow the Ten Commandments. Well, do, do you know what the Ten Commandments are? They usually know about three. Okay, so you're basing your entire eternity on a list of Ten Commandments, and you don't even know what they are. And here's, here's what's interesting about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are given to us in the book of Exodus. And in the book of Exodus, there is no mention of the afterlife. There is no connection to following the Ten Commandments and eternity. There is no connection between the Ten Commandments and heaven. In fact, in the entire Old Testament, there is no theology of the afterlife. Everyone goes to Sheol. What's Sheol? We don't know. That's just where everybody's going. And you're kind of like, well, what about... What about David when, you know, he, his son dies and, and, and David is like, well, you know, I'm going to go to where you are. See, you know, mind into David's thoughts towards his son. He would have thought, I'm just going to go to Sheol with you. So the, in, the only time the word heaven is ever used in the Old Testament has to do with the sky. It's another word for the sky. There's no mention of any of any afterlife and eternity and heaven. Now, you open up the New Testament, and there's more literature in the New Testament about the eternal life, about heaven, about the afterlife, than any other literature um, in, the, in the history of the world. It's full of literature about eternal life and the afterlife. And, but if you open up the New Testament and you start reading the New Testament, here's what you're going to find. You and I, we don't make the cut. See, everyone in the Old Testament, everyone went to Sheol. Well, in the New Testament, Jesus raised the standards so high, it just leaves everyone out. I mean, according to Jesus, good people don't go to heaven. I mean, read Matthew chapter 5, and I would, I would encourage you to, to read the entire chapter uh, this afternoon at your leisure, but Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, Jesus says, but I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Pharisees' job was to be good. What do you do for a living? I'm just good. That's what I do. They pay me to be good, so I'm just good. And Jesus comes along, and he's like, if your righteousness it doesn't surpass their righteousness, you don't have a chance. And then he goes on and says, um, hey, you have heard it said, thou shalt not murder. 
Oh, wait a second. That's one of the ten, right? That's one of the, the, the big ten. That's one of the ten. That, I remembered that one. Thou shalt not murder. Okay, I haven't murdered anybody. I'm good to go, right? Jesus is like, he ups the ante. He's like, hey, you have heard it said, you should not murder. But I tell you, even if you're angry with someone to the point that you call them an idiot, you're going to hell. Oh, what? What? So what? Okay, so that leaves all of us out, right? Because it's kind of like, okay, well. And then he's going, but you've heard it said, thou shalt not commit adultery. Oh, well, that's another one of the big ten. So I'm, I'm good there. That's one of the big ten. I have not committed adultery. I'm good to go with that. But I say, Jesus says, anyone who looks on a woman and lusts for her has committed adultery already in his heart. In other words, you're guilty. So, ladies, have a good time in heaven because there's none of us guys are going to be there. That leaves all of us out. I mean, Jesus, he ups the ante to a place where it's like, okay, well, nobody, nobody's good enough to go. That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 3, verse 10, he's like, no one is righteous. Not even one. No one does good. Not a single one. You're like, well, Eric, I, I, but I do do some good things. But see, we do good things, and, 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 and what is your basis for what is good? I'm comparing myself to someone else, or I'm comparing myself to society in general. I'm, do you compare yourself to God? No, I'm not going to compare myself to God. Why not? Because then I doesn't. I'm not. You know. I, see, Paul goes on Romans three twenty. He says, "For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands by doing good things." So if you're in the camp of good people go to heaven and, and I'm just trying to be good enough, you don't want to go to the Bible because the Bible does not provide us with a standard of conduct that guarantees us heaven. Another unsettling reality. We don't know what percentage of our actions have to be good to make the cut. I mean, is it like 70%? I, I mean, I'm like, whoo, you just barely passed. I mean, is it 85%? I mean, the, the, the people that get a 95% grade, I mean, do they get a better part of heaven? I mean, how, how does that work? Does God take into account our environment, like the way you grew up? Does God take, I mean, does God grade on a curve? I mean, like great professors do, you know? I mean, it's like, is it, is it a curve? Because you're thinking if it's a curve, if it's a curve, then I might have a chance, right? And, you know, if, if God doesn't take into account, if he does take into account environment, I'm, I'm toast. Because I grew up in a great family with a great dad, a great mom. And, I mean, they, they taught me right from wrong. And they had me memorize verses. And they were just like, don't do that. And he's like, what is that? And you're like, you don't need to know. Just don't do that. Someday you're not going to want to do that. I mean, I am so accountable, Right? And some of you, you grew up, 
you know, in chaos. Some of you grew up maybe even without a mom and dad or without any reference to right and wrong. And I mean, it's been a long road, but you're just like, does God take that into account? What age does God start keeping track? Well, I, I'm 50, so I'm hoping it's after 50. I mean, if you're like, oh, well, the first 50, I get a mulligan, and, you know, and then you know, God starts the ledger after 50. He's like, he should probably give us a mulligan for college, right? Right? Because uh, there was some stuff in college that was like, ooh, I hope he's not keeping track of that. What about this? We don't know if thoughts and motives count against us. I'm trying to be good, but my motive might be a little selfish, but I'm not going to let that know. And isn't it interesting? It's kind of like, I'm trying to keep this hidden from God. (laughs) My selfish motive for doing good, I I hope God doesn't, you're like, no, I'm just toast. No, he knows. He knows my thoughts. Check this out. We could already be out of time and not know it. Oh, wouldn't that be terrible, right? I mean, you're looking, you're trying your hardest to make up for lost ground because back there, it's like that entire season of life was like, oh, oh, no, no. And so you're trying really hard. What little do you know, though, you, do you, you don't have enough time to make up for all of that back there, and you didn't even know it. In other words, you're being good for nothing, and you don't even know. It's like, I don't know how, I, 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 I don't know where I'm at on the ledger. I just hope maybe it's good enough. We could miss heaven by one good deed. Wouldn't that be terrible? It's kind of like, man, you were on the positive side of the ledger. You were so close. You were so close. But then when that person, you know, cuts you off in traffic and those choice words you had for that individual... Sorry, that puts you on the wrong side. You were one decision away. So close. So sorry. See, here's another piece, and maybe you've never thought about this, but if there's a good list, but God withheld it from his creation, is God good? If there actually is a list that exists, but, but God didn't give it to us. He withheld it from us. Is he good? Is that a good thing? That's, that's like a teacher giving you an exam, and you have this really hard test, but he didn't give, you know, they didn't give you any notes to take for the exam. They didn't give you any reading that had anything to do with the exam. They didn't cover any of the material. It's not an open book test. And after the, you know, the test starts and you're trying to take it, you find out there's a time limit. But, and if you don't get it done in the time limit, then you still fail. But they didn't tell you how much time it was. Well, that wouldn't be good. That's like running a race and you start the race but there's no marked out, you know, lines for the race. You don't even know where to go for the race. You're just kind of like running randomly, hoping that you're on track for the race. And after the race has started, then they establish the finish line, but you don't even know where it is. You're like, well, that's not a very good race. 
But that's exactly what's going on if good people go to heaven. See, if you believe good people make it to heaven, then you don't need Jesus. I don't know if you ever thought about that. If good people go to heaven and you can be good enough on your own, you and I don't need Jesus. And if you don't need Jesus, then you don't need the Bible. You can just make it on your own. In fact, the book of Galatians is really written to a group of people that kind of moved in Jesus' direction and then kind of started going back to their old ways of just kind of, we're just going to be good. And Paul writes to them in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 21, he says, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. In other words, if you can make it on your own and you don't need God and you don't need Jesus and you can just be good enough, then you don't need God's grace. And, and you can just treat God's grace as meaningless. That's what Paul's saying. He's like, I don't treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law, if being good, could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. No need for Christmas, no need for Easter, no need for any of this. Just do your best and hope for the best. See, when John writes in John 3.16, he he gives us not a list. He gives us something completely different. John 3.16, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son. You see, God didn't give us a list of how we can be good enough. Check this out. All of you online, Cosette, all of you in the house, you're counting the lights back up just a second. He gave us himself. He didn't give us a list of, hey, you, you do these things, you, you're in. He gave us himself. Do you know why Jesus made the standard to a place where no one, no one could be good enough? Because he knew full well that he was going to give himself to us as the only one who was good enough. Crossing. Those of you watching, just telling this, this it is so freeing to take this burden off of your shoulders where you're just trying to be good enough, but you have no idea where you are. And the burden, can you imagine? And some of you, the weight of eternity is out in front of you, and you don't know where you stand with God. The weight of that burden. Jesus came to take the weight of that burden off of your shoulders. He didn't come to give us a list. He came to give us himself. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son 
So that everyone that was good enough, no. For everyone that, you know, did enough, no. For everyone who believes in, for everyone who puts all of their confidence in, for everyone who put all of their weight on, everyone who believes in him, in Jesus, will not perish. This actually means will not be lost to God, will not be lost to God, but have eternal life. And then Jesus, he, he says something, in, in John records it in John 14, 6, that on the surface it seems kind of arrogant, but then he predicted his own death, burial, and resurrection, and you're kind of like, okay, well, that's not arrogant at all. I'm aware, wherever you are, Jesus, I, that's where I'm going. You predict your own death, burial, res, you res from the dead, I, wherever you're going, I'm with you. And that's why Jesus could say with confidence, I am the way. You're like, Eric, that's so narrow. Yeah, it's narrow. But it's so freeing. And, and as I have gotten to know Jesus, I'm just like, why wouldn't everyone want this to be true? Even if they didn't believe it's true, I would think they would want it to be true. As, as they get to know who Jesus is and all of the Jesus, Jesus values and, and, and the things that, 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 that he valued and, and the value he brought to women, do you know the first time in recorded history, Jesus brought equal value to women as men? I just like, it's It's extraordinary. So, is it narrow? Yeah. Is it good? Oh. So much, it's so much relief for me knowing I don't have to try to be good enough without any idea of where I am. When Jesus was good enough and he says, look, come over here. I am the way. I'll be your way. I am the way. I have punched the ticket. You don't have to be over there trying to earn your way to punch the ticket to be good enough. I've already punched the ticket. I've got a ticket for you. Just put your confidence in me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father. No one goes to heaven except through me. See, Jesus showed up to show us the way, to tell us the way, and to make a way for us to go to heaven. Those of you in-house, those of you watching online, those of you uh, over in Cozad, Cozad campus, if you have never, ever placed your faith in Jesus Christ, Maybe you have just thought, I don't know how it works. I just feel like i got to be good enough, and I don't know how to be good enough. And there's a part of it that's just crushing. In fact, I just keep putting it off. But at night when I'm all alone and it's quiet, it's just, it just the weight of it all is so heavy on me. And some of you, you know, you're just like, 
I've been, I've been addicted to drugs. I've been addicted to alcohol. I've been addicted to porn. I've been addicted to all of these things. I've done, I have done some things to some people that it's just like, there's no way in the world I could ever be good enough. And so I've just kind of resolved to the fact that I'm not going to be a candidate to go to heaven. And I'm just, I don't know what to do with that. You can lay all of that down. And I would encourage you to do so this morning. Would you pray with me? If that is you here this morning and you have never placed your faith in Christ and you've never really investigated it, you just kind of thought, uh, people just go to a better place, I guess, I don't know. Maybe as I've been talking, the Spirit of God has been weighing on your heart and you're ready. And so I just want to invite you to say, Jesus, right now I am placing my faith in you. I'm putting my confidence in you. I'm putting all of my eternity on you. And I trust you. Thank you for forgiveness of my sin. Thank you for living a perfect life. The perfect standard. Thank you for giving me yourself, for dying on the cross for my sin. So right now, I just say yes, Jesus, to you. I pray that you would help me to know how to live from here. But I put all my confidence Heavenly Father, if someone right now has, from their heart, expressed that to you, we celebrate that because the weight of sin is off of their shoulders. It's been placed onto your son. Jesus, thank you so much for being the way, showing us the way, making a way. And Father, if there's someone who is still skeptical, I pray that they would ask questions. That's a great place to be, that they would, they would investigate. They would actually really investigate it and really look into it. God, I pray that you would help us as a church to be full of truth, full of grace, all together. We love you. Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much for everything that you've given to us. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.